top of the car. And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card, the five-way wrestling podcast where we talk about pretty much the past two weeks of stuff, a little bit of everything, not just one company or the major things. We cover a lot of stuff and uh, as always, the day after we record, something happens and we start compiling a list for the next two weeks and that's what we've got here today. Uh, Joining me are three... Uh, uh, others we've got four today we're down one jonathan ct martin is he's off on assignment no he's busy he couldn't do it today uh we've we've got some notes though don't worry don't worry well you'll you'll hear from him even still but uh but red you're here with me today how are you i'm good uh yeah like you said lots of wrestling stuff lots of distractions out there so mm-hmm. it's keeping me in good spirits i've uh i just wanted to let everybody know i've had a uh, passing in the family so Wrestling has basically made my life feel so much better in the meantime. So, let's do this. It's it, we're feeling for you, Red. Um, it's yeah, it, it, life happens, and not not to to dwell on that much, but it is kind of funny that that's quite literally why wrestling pushed forward. I mean, yeah, to make money, TV content, blah blah, but they pushed forward with the whole idea that we got to give people distractions. There's no other sports, no movies, no TV. But wrestling's there. It's a good distraction. People need it. And it's been the pandemic way. So that's good. I'm glad that's the case. And I'm glad we can help with that. Um, let, let's go around the rest of the table. Bear me. Bear me, Jesus. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. It's been kind of a long day. But uh, overall, I'm doing really good. Lots of lots of wrestling that happened this past weekend. That was good. And uh, some stuff that uh, really wasn't that great. But overall, it was good. So uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I didn't even introduce myself, yeah, introduce myself as I mumble over stuff. I might even leave that in. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Scott. I, I didn't introduce myself. Yay, I'm also here. But uh, joining me also is the GMSG. How are you? I'm doing good. It's been a long day also, and uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty good that we had a great set of wrestling. But the bad news is the outside of the wrestling shows, which we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean... Let's dive in. Uh, well, I mean, first off, before we dive into the stuff, we are Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are we have a YouTube channel, but it's not on there yet. But it's available on Spotify and Apple and all that fun stuff. And CT is, is of course, chiming in for that as well. But the actual stuff we're, we're talking about, because we talked about last time, two weeks ago, I went on this rant about Carl Anderson and all that and how great of a person he is and there was all this stuff and then like the next day the dark side of the ring came out about rick flair and then the tommy dreamer stuff and the fallout there and it just went nuts and um and then our podcast went up that weekend so we kind of jumped the gun on topics but yeah it was it was a thing um by all accounts dark side of the ring is a fantastic show from everything i've seen the canyon episode was out as well and it's it's a great great show however yeah it's called dark side of the ring and there's i mean it's not like any other entertainment industry doesn't have this stuff the for for perspective so people don't just think oh it's just wrestling there was an editor at dc comics as part of the superman group who was very sexist and did a lot of sexual harassment and no woman wanted to work for him and he edited superman that's well-found history. 
the same same kind of stuff happens everywhere and that doesn't make it good it just makes it unfortunate when it comes to light and you learn how many people didn't do anything or didn't realize or didn't think anything of it and that's where we are with rick flair and tommy dreamer in the plane ride from hell um the long story short because i'll just say my part first because i read rick flair's book actually quite recently i think i mentioned it on a podcast earlier in the year i actually read sean michael's book i read rick flair's book both this year and Shinsuke Nakamura's book, actually. It's a, that's a weird one. It's all in character. It's weird. But Flair talks about stuff and he talks about being with girls like that and, and you know, having a fun time and they're into it. That's what he's saying. Uh, and for the record, Michael says stuff like that too. And his name came up a little later, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. But with Flair and the freaking plane, he was cornering a flight attendant and helicopter spinning his flair and it it's 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 just a bad a bad thing overall and the general consensus was that's rick being rick except yeah no the flight attendant was horrified and he wasn't saying no or wasn't answered it's bad it's there's it's it's horrible and it's bad like there's no way around this and tommy dreamer then said he never meant it it was never meant in that way well I've said this multiple times in multiple situations, but you don't get to decide if you have offended someone or not. That person decides. And it works for assault and harassment, etc. So Tommy Dreamer doesn't get to decide if he's offended someone or not, which he made light of as well with his double ponytail, and then Impact suspended him, and off we go. Um, I, I get what Dreamer's trying to say, but he's so misguided in it, and it's wrong. Like... It's, you might not have meant it that way, but it's so obvious that it was taken that way and that really at face value, it is bad. Like, there, there's no way to do that if, I don't want to say if they're not into it, because even if they are, they could be playing along. And I mean, look at speaking out last year and Me Too movement prior to that. It's just, it's just all bad. Um, I don't know where to go with it from there, aside from... People are looking at Flair and like he's not going to go to AW now, and it's Dreamer is being forgiven by Jericho. I saw and things like that. It's like that's it. That's the weird, subtle after reaction that's missing the point that there was sexual harassment and people aren't being held accountable. And I know some are saying, "Oh, they all knew it was that. What's it matter?" That's the problem. Nobody did anything. Well, Goldust apparently tried to get him to stop, but nobody did anything. And Jim Ross even said he had a free pass. It's like, ooh, that's that's a 2K panel receipt right there. But does anybody else want to comment on that? Because that's, that's obviously the follow-up. That would have been covered last time if we had it in along with the Carl Anderson stuff. As just, you know, people can sometimes be garbage. Um, Tommy Dreamer's an ECW legend and has this bad incident. Ric Flair's an absolute legend and has this bad incident. Carl Anderson has this incident. I'm not calling him a legend at all. It's it's going to happen. And it's not like all your heroes f- fall. Like, it's it's not one of those situations, right? Like, like, let's be honest about that. But, yeah, not everybody's squeaky clean. The success can, can really color people. I read Hogan's book as well. One of his fly-fold tomes. Oh, he's he's a horrible person, too. So, I don't know where else to go with that. Bear me. I'll actually, I'll go to you, because I saw comments... Because John Jones, this is a good way to look at it. John Jones is a garbage human. <laughs> like, 
but he's also the greatest fighter of all time. Like, and that's, you can look at Ric Flair in the same way. There, there is a way to disconnect. Like, I know some people look at actors and don't want to disassociate because Chris Pratt's a horrible person for some of his political views, but he's voicing Mario. Like, it's, you can disassociate, but you also don't want to support them. Is that what we're really encountering here, or is it, is it just straight up cancel culture people are reacting? Personally, I don't think that, but I'm going to stop rambling. What do you think on this? I think, well, the John Jones there, that could go, we'll save that for a little later or another time. But uh, yes, with Ric Flair, I think that he, he, well, I mean, obviously, everybody knew what Ric Flair, well, well, you know, what, I, what he did uh, watching this. But we already knew it from the past because, like, people have talked about, like, the plane ride from hell. And the thing is, is that I don't know how you can disassociate this with uh, his character, I guess, because Ric Flair lived his character. Like, that is his character. You know, he was, like, the ladies' man type thing. But he's just really disgusting (laughs) now. You know what I mean? Like, it's bad. I don't know how else to put it. But, like... With Ric Flair, like the difference between John Jones and Ric Flair, John Jones is a fighter in the octagon, and he's just a dick outside of it. I guess he's a different person outside of it, because inside of it, he's just a fighter. You you know, he's not the person John Jones, he's the fighter John Jones. Well, with Ric Flair, in the ring and out of the ring, he's the same person. It's, I don't know, it's it's weird. That's it's a, where I get the It's, it's a weird from, flip, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Dreamer buried himself and... Flair constantly, like, even when Flair denied it, he did it assaultingly and then deleted it and then reworded it, and then both guys just keep making themselves look worse, which is really just, get offline. Flair even tweeted it again, dude. Like, that's messed uh, up. Yeah. And it's really weird now because just a month ago, he was on AAA, NWA, now I don't see him going. Like, I thought he was going to show up on the AW for Andrade, his future son-in-law. Now, I don't see him going anywhere. No one's going to want to show him for a while. It... I'll, uh, I'll set you down and say I disagree. AEW's the scum that would do that. They don't care. <laughs> They'll sit there and have uh, Ric Flair come on there because Ric Flair's still a draw. For all those people that didn't watch Dark Side of the Ring, they're going to get their views because... I, I get it's a situation because I've never heard of it before. Like Dark Side of the Ring is the first time I heard of it, and the only reason I heard about that is because of a part of this uh, Discord, and they talked about it, and I looked into it. But outside all those other wrestling fans, they're going to see Ric Flair as the Ric Flair Nature Boy character on TV. They're not going to sit there and do the backhanded research to find out, oh, this guy's a piece of shit, and he sits there and tries to throw his. Uh, flare, as we called it, at flight attendants, and think it's okay. There, so there will be AEW kickback. Will do it. There, they, even if they did, there would be kickback because uh, Travis Banks was booked by Bandito for his promotion in Mexico, and the absolute explosion of why did you book him, and then his apology later, really going, I didn't realize, and Travis Banks was part of the speaking out stuff. Uh, there would be a case of like, why did you book him? Did you not see this? It would make them look tone deaf if they tried to ignore it and peddle it off to people who weren't aware. Uh, that said, I think they will still bring him in eventually. Dreamer's a different case, because Dreamer's a case where he can learn. He's like, look, I said something dumb. I didn't even fully comprehend. Which I... 
he kind of did comprehend it because that was the whole point of what he said. But he can he can learn from this, and that's what I. That's the whole thing. I don't want him to be canceled. Never see Tom Dreamer again. That's not the. That's not what anybody should want. It should be a case of like, look, no, learn learn from this, make amends, fix this, and then you go forward. And that's not yet happened, but that's that's the way you look at things. And I think the good comparison always is all these different sex predators in wrestling, the Joey Ryan's and whatnot, who, forgive me, alleged, I, I will clarify that, uh, people always compare it to Mike Tyson, a convicted rapist. Yep, well, he did the time. <laughs> Say what you want, he did the time. Okay, he has served his punishment, you can accept him or not from there. But he at least did that. So if these none of these guys admit anything or just keep saying, no, I didn't, okay, then keep screwing them off and leave them out. I don't, I don't know, it's... it's there's plenty of others to take the spot. Yeah, there's no other Ric Flair, obviously, but yeah, it's it's a messed up situation. Yeah, it's not a great start, but like I said, that probably would have been how we ended the last episode, just for clarity, because I hadn't even started to edit yet, and this news broke, and I went, God damn it. <laughs> that should have been along with our whole stuff about about Carl Anderson being a scumbag, who I stand by as well, but anyway. On to other stuff. I'm sad that CT is not here, because I was going to mention the whole GCW versus fist uh event for the battle for san diego which he had a vested interest in uh he'd never heard of fist before by the way ngcw won so that's that but the other thing that happened last weekend was a very cool thing with impact because they had their victory road taping most of it taped a month prior but christian did his world title thing and josh alexander came out and did option c and i know that we are all very very happy that josh alexander is going to bound for glory for the world title. I think that's awesome. That's an exciting match. Ironically, it's going to be a better match with Christian than it would have been with Omega, even if there would have been more eyes on that one, not going to lie. But I'm looking forward to Canadian world champion Josh Alexander dethroning Canadian world champion Christian. We're all hyped for this match, right? Bear me, it's impact. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Josh Alexander will hopefully win that title. We've... We've been talking, me and you've been talking about this when Omega was Impact World Champ. We're like, well, who do they have left to really, you know, take the title from? And I remember me and you're like, well, they got Josh Alexander. He sold that X Division title, you know. And they're going to do it. I think they're going to have Alexander beat Christian Cage. And I'm so happy. Like, it's kind of crazy how Josh Alexander and Ethan Page were great as a tag team. And now you see they're doing stuff on their own and they're still great. Like, mm-hmm. they're guy's the limit for both of those guys and i think alexander will just get better and better with his promos the, the crowd was chanting what were they chanting uh next they were booing christian champ. yeah they were chanting next world champ and boy christian that is freaking amazing mm-hmm. it was so good i loved every second of it i, I cannot wait i kind of in a way wanted ace austin to win it because then they could redo their feud of just recently ace austin alexander but i mean it's it's gonna be a good match. I don't know. I just I'm kind of even now just tired of seeing AEW guys as Impact champions right now. So I'm excited for it. If Josh doesn't win it, I'm gonna stop watching Impact completely. <laughs> yeah, we I think we were calling for this story to be over around Slammiversary, or like with the Moose and Callahan matches. But yeah, uh, Red, what about you? I know because we watched that Iron Man match with Alexander when they aired it. Are you looking forward to him potentially being the world champ? Oh, yeah. I mean, we did. That that match was incredible. It was 
one of the best Iron Man's I've seen all the way through. I've seen a, but that one I enjoyed, and I'm just glad that this guy who was a tag team prodigy, he got split up. His partner went to AW, got ranked 107th, and now he's going for the world title. It just—it's a perfect storyline for him to show the Cinderella story. And you're right, GMSG. If he doesn't win, I don't know what Impact's doing. Like, like I get Christian's a good wrestler and all that, but you need somebody that's actually going to like continue for a long time. Christian's getting older of his age. He can't go every single week like a good champion go. Meanwhile, Alexander's been doing insane X Division matches, not just in Impact. He's been defending it on indie shows as well. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Um, now, this is, this is an interesting one to move to pivot to another Canadian. Uh, Owen Hart. Yeah, yeah, you guys probably figured. You knew we'd have something to say about this. Um, I'm going to play a clip of what CT said, not last episode, but two episodes ago. Randy Savage is all elite. It's happening. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they used a dead person. <laughs> please, please, AEW. I will buy every pay-per-view for a year if you use a dead person. <laughs> and I'm not counting Matt Hardy. <laughs> well, he's not, he's not there yet. Um, Almost. And yeah, so as CT said... AEW is going to sign a dead guy and they're going to be all elite. AEW signed a dead guy and they're all elite. They've teamed with Martha Hart and the Owen Hart Foundation. And it's part of this Luminaries program, much like WWE Legends, where there's going to be Owen Hart action figures, Owen Hart merchandise, shirts, hats, dolls. They've just said, like, everything. As well as in the video games and, and all this stuff. And it's... It's to give Owen Hart the respect he deserves. When, at face value, it's cool. I, I, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with the foundation making money. I have no problem with the widow making money. I, I, I don't mind all that. And for people who say that Martha hates wrestling, no. Owen's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He, they've done shirts. They've done stuff before. They're, they're not anti-wrestling. Is she anti-Vince and WWE? To an extent. James actually reminded me that she... Has forgiven Vince. It's a matter of, you know, forgive but never forget in, in that sense. And the, the thing to me, though, Owen Hart died in 99. Over 20 years ago. AEW has existed for two. This would have made as much sense if ROH was doing it, or if Impact was doing it, or if MLW was doing it, and they actually had a second generation Hart situation for a while. It would have made it. It would have made more sense if New Japan did it, because Owen was there as part of some Stampede crossover stuff in their juniors division. It's weird, and I know I'm probably stealing a bit of GMSG's thunder, but Owen Hart, the majority of his career, was WWF, WWE. So it's weird that there's not going to be that, especially like their press release even said, it's to recognize his international career. They're not ignoring what, 1993 to 99, whatever it was, his time in WWE. They're not ignoring that. They're, they're acknowledging it, but they're looking at, like, the celebrating him in general, which, okay, yeah. Um, to follow up on CT's comment, he actually did prepare a statement 
regarding this. Uh, I'm going to read what CT said. Quote, I am not going to tell a grieving wife how to deal with her dead husband's legacy, but this seems beyond questionable to me. Owen had nothing to do with AEW, so for them to be the ones to recognize him feels off. This doesn't feel like the choice to best represent his life and accomplishments, but rather a cheap dig at Vince. Even if you wanted to go with someone other than him, why wouldn't you go with somewhere he was at least aware of? Of course, it's great for AEW, but this doesn't sit right with me overall. End quote. Uh, pretty much reiterating what I said uh, to many extents. Jimishi, I, I kind of pointed your direction here. What do you think on this whole thing? It's just crazy because, he, yes, he won, I think it was like the USWA Championship and then the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Like, you can like they're going to acknowledge this, but she still has a grudge against WWE. And as we saw with Dana Bryan debuting, he was just four-time world champion. So they're not going to acknowledge the actual, like, they're just going to say he's won this main championship. So they're going to ignore mm. what titles he won in WWE. And then you even consider, like, she even has issues with Brett more than anyone now. And I'm pretty sure Brett owns most of the Stampede stuff. So that's another chunk of his career that won't be shown. Like, when they're doing highlight videos and that, I don't think they're going to ask WWE for stuff because they didn't even do that for Huber when he died. And they... I remember... They could. I was, I was thinking they could yeah. license stuff from WWE, and I'm sure they might even do it pro bono and, like, no, no charge. Here you go. Because I know Martha's whole thing was she doesn't want WWE to profit off of Owen. That's a big thing, because they're the ones who killed him, the way she looks at it, and right or wrong, that's kind of what happened. If you look at it a certain way, especially hers. So, yeah, that, that's a main reason. She doesn't want, doesn't want the company that killed him to make money off him. Yeah. It's just, it feels weird, and, like, we even talked about, like, what happens if they, because, like, the entire thing about um, Owen Hart is his family, and they had a wrestler who was big and important about family who passed away in the last year. If they did this as a, like, the tournament as, a, like, a John Huber thing and still connected funds to Owen Hart's foundation, that would have worked perfectly and made sense. Honor a current wrestler from your company who was a two-time, or just a singles champion once, I think. Like, it, there's no, like, everyone said, oh, there's connections because, like, Mark Henry's was one of his friends. WWE has actual family members, three different family members, if you count Tyson Kidd, with the company. Because Hart's, um, Smith's right? He's in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I get it that you're honoring him, but it feels also dishonorable to, like, not, if they don't include anything from his actual WWE career either. Like then, him teaming with Leo Kozuna, yeah. him his feud with his brother, like that. Those are all big moments. They even excluded Brett's name from the announcement, even though he was with them earlier in the like last year. That's right, they did. Yeah, it's. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, no, there's going to be a tournament. It's uh, an Owen Hart Memorial Cup. The Owen, they're going to call it. Uh, that's that's a weird thing. Um, because th like that's not a new thing. Because the Von Erichs did that for his kids when they passed in the '80s. The Von Erich Parade of Champions. There was the Brian Hildebrand Memorial Shows. Uh, I know in Japan it's actually a much more common thing, and I know some of the smaller ones like CZW has done tribute shows for like uh, I believe Justice Payne, Trent Acid, these kind of guys. But why isn't this the Brody Lee tournament? He's like the only one of the AW roster who has passed. 
And it would make all the sense in the world for that to be affiliated. Or even just be like a Legends honorary tournament. And it, it benefit, it's like recognizing Owen. It recognizes Brody. It recognizes the Legends who have passed. Like, I, I joked about it, but where's the Randy Savage Memorial Tournament? Where's the Yokozuna Memorial? Like, what? It's weird that it's Owen. Like, I know WWE has the Honor of the Giant Battle Royal, and they would have had the Mula one until they renamed it. But then the Mae Young Classic, for crying out loud. It's the Dusty Classic. This is not a new thing, but it's just weird that AEW's doing it, and it would have been as weird, I want to make this clear, if it was ROH, if it was Impact, if it was anybody else, it would be weird. It's not that it's it's AW doing it. Just they are the ones who are. Uh, it's it's a weird thing. But people are like, oh, AW, they're so great. It's so amazing that they're doing this. You know what? They're they're doing things that were practically unthinkable. Daniel Bryan left WWE. Big Show left. Mark Henry left. CM Punk came back, and Owen Hart is involved in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they're pulling this stuff off. No, I, I won't discredit that. But I just don't know why. Like this, this at it's not out of the goodness of their heart. I, I don't care what they say. There is financial gain for this. Like they wouldn't have announced the fact that there's going to be merchandise if not. So, Jeremy, I skipped over you on this. What's what's your thoughts on this? I man, I I kind of share the same views as you guys. You guys have summed it up perfectly. I I'll just say what I said and our chat when when you first announced it it's just awkward like it feels off that they're doing this them to be the ones to do this it's good that he's getting but again they're just it just feels off and weird that they're doing it that's really all i gotta say about it so i'll be honest i never really watched owen hart i got into uh, not WWE, but just wrestling in general afterwards but i do know the situation and it just feels like AEW's basically poking WWE saying, look what we can do and you can't. Like, I don't care what AEW says, they're not WWE. They're doing everything they can think of to try to get one over on WWE every single week. And it's like, I don't know if they're just that cocky about it or what, but this is clearly a jab at WWE and look what we can do, you can't kind of situation. Yeah, it, it it really is a case of, like, we are able to do something you are not. Like, if Owen Hart was in the Hall of Fame in WWE, this would not be happening. Right? Like, that that's what this is. So, if you look at others who were on the outs in that sense with WWE, CM Punk and that kind of thing, uh, don't be surprised if they have a demolition tag tournament or, or things like that, because they're apparently on bad terms with them or, or stuff like that like that's th- this would not be happening if Owen was in the Hall of Fame which is just a dig at WWE no matter who does it um because I'm not I'm not against Owen getting the, the all, all the celebration stuff but it's just it's I just don't get it and they haven't explained it sufficiently aside from we want to recognize him okay yeah but why why him compared to everybody else why why him compared to all the others that have passed that you could recognize that even have a tertiary link aside from a photo that Brian Pillman Jr. posted about when he was a baby in Owen's arms. Give, give, give me a better reason than that. And I, it's not like you need to. I just, I just want to know. I don't understand beyond the financials um, why Owen Hart makes more sense than any of the others 
that have crossed paths with people that are affiliated or, you know, the one guy that died there, Brody Lee. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I also don't know if you mentioned that he's also going to be in their video game, which is also just mm-hmm. weird because they're going to be having to use like his likeness from New Japan in like the indies. Well, they already said they're gonna, there's going to be original designs for gear for him as well. They're going to do multiple ty- types of gear for that. So, yeah, again, they get licensed looks and things like that. Like if there's stampede looks that are similar, they could license that stuff. But I, I like I, said, I have a feeling the WWE would not charge them for it. I've got a, f- I've got a feeling about that. Like that would be that would be scummy to do that. <laughs> Which they might. You never know. They they might do it. But I have a feeling when it comes to Owen Hart. I think they wouldn't. I don't. I don't think they would. Let's talk about something better and good. Uh, Raw last week, because huh, Raw last week was good, and that's the one where it had Bloodline versus New Day, because Roman didn't want to go to Europe. And then it had the main event of Roman versus Biggie versus Lashley. Now, full disclosure, I don't watch it as it happens. I watch the stuff and see the trickling and see the clips and all that stuff, but that looked pretty goddamn awesome. Um. The, the funny comment that I saw, the only, only thing I'm going to mention is, apparently the script was rewritten very late before the show, which is why I always laugh whenever that's mentioned, and it's not a dig at you, Rip. I know you mentioned it a lot. Uh, but I, it does, does make me laugh whenever they say, oh, it was a bad Raw because the script got rewritten. No, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it, it, it could, it, and it couldn't. Um, but they were cooking on all cylinders with that, and I made that comment. GMSG can vouch for me. I said, look at that. Definitive finishes... They're, they're ending matches clean. The gauntlet has been thrown to see if AEW will do that with Brian versus Omega. We'll get to that. But Raw was good, right, guys? I enjoyed it. I, uh, I, I can see what's happening in the wrestling world every single episode of either Dynamite, Raw, and SmackDown. They're pulling all the stops for their shows now because... Until AEW got Punk and Brian and all these people on board, WWE was just in cruise control. Now that they're starting to see some views are moving to AEW, they're starting to pull out all the stops, and I'm all for it. I feel it's I feel it's definitely more Monday Night Football is back. Raw has been slowly getting better the last month or two, and it just now picked up in full gear at the same time as um, what do you call it? Monday Night Football started back up. Like, here's the thing. They knew Brian was leaving two months ago. They Brian even mentioned it. They're just like, don't, please just don't use certain things you did in WWE that we used. And that's fine. Like, they they knew Cole was leaving too. Like, this wasn't a surprise to either of them. Because even both guys have said that they talked to Triple H, they talked to Vince, they talked to Sean. Like, they were leaving. So, they upped it up. But, again, Monday's major competition with American football that gets, like, 14 to, like, 16 million views. Like, that's a that's a threat. Because as soon as the first episode of Raw faced them, they went from, like, 1.9 million to 1.6. They got a huge dip because of that. And that's direct we'll competition. See. That's airing at the same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, Raw's been good lately. Really good. And I really like it. Because it had been down for a while, and if it is because of Monday Night Football or AEW or whatever you want to say it is, I'm just glad that it's gotten a whole lot better. It's really weird. I want to know where Andy Orton is. 
this yet. Nobody's seen them in a while. But, uh, yeah, the triple threat was a freaking blast. And I kind of want the New Day versus the Bloodline versus the Hurt Business at uh, Survivor Series. I think that would be dope. I need it. <laughs> now, that comment about Brian, how he thanked them, he actually uh, published an article where he thanked WWE, which was awesome. It was very good. Um, I just recommend people go read that. He has been doing, like I've been saying, just praising them, thanking them for everything. He thanks them for his family. He continued the run that Cody started of going to WWE, meeting your wife, marrying them, having a kid, and going on the indies. Like Brian and and Punk, and I don't think he has a kid, but a lot of these guys have done exactly that. It's kind of funny. Uh, But he thanked them for everything. And didn't have a bad word to say. He even thanked he who does not want to be named. And it was just overall very, very good. Very classy. Burned zero bridges. And it's something I said before about Brian going. Where it just seems to be they could have offered him triple the money. And he wouldn't have left. Because that uncertainty looked like more fun. And he wanted to do it. And he's that confident in himself going to do that. So all the power for him. And then, you know. We got the Grand Slam, and they opened the show with Danielson versus Omega. That's a weird thing, right? Because shouldn't that be the main event of your massive arena show with 20,000 people? On the two... Like, what? Why are you opening with that? And I know there's been a lot of back and forth. People were loving it. It went to a time limit draw, by the way. Haha, I knew it. Uh, but... The idea there where people were saying if you started it at, you know, 9.45, people know it's going to end in 15 minutes. Like, that's never been a complaint by anybody, and yet has always been a complaint by everybody, because that's just how wrestling... That's how shows work. Show has, shows end. Sorry. But they always sort really of suspend your disbelief. My answer was to start it at 9.25, and if it goes a half hour, you still got time left. You never know. It might end, it might not. That's that's part of how you do stuff. But there's, there's ways around it. But th- either way, they still gave it away. And GMSG, to, to pull a number here, I believe the rating was like 1.2 or 1.3 for that show, at that time anyway. Um, I, It might have been a little higher, like 1.4, and then dip down later, because yeah. that usually happens with shows. So, the only reason I say that is because All Out, they were super happy with that getting 200,000 pay-per-view buys. And then after Grand Slam, they had so many people saying, I would have gladly paid 50 bucks for that. And I see that, and I go, okay, you just missed out on basically a million pay-per-view buys. Not that you would have gotten a million, <laughs> like, as if, but you know what I mean. They would have gotten a lot of buys for Brian versus Omega that they didn't get and they threw away. And now the argument is they're giving us cool matches on free TV. Yeah. And I'm jumping ahead a bit, but they announced at Extreme Rules, Big E versus Bobby Lashley opening Raw for the title. There's a big difference here. And I know it's going to sound like I'm a WWE mark, but whatever. WWE's pay-per-view model is completely different. They don't need pay-per-view buys on their shows. It was a bummer the match wasn't there, but it was still fun. AEW gave away a match people would have bought. WWE's 10 bucks a month. Who cares? Right? That th- There is a different business model at hand here between these two companies. But I mean, free matches on free TV, it's all good, right? There's no easy answer because they're going to go back and forth and say you're being hypocritical or do a double standard or whatnot. And that's not what any of this is. I just find it silly they gave it away. Not only that, but free at the start because 
the viewership dropped off. CT, we've been following ratings. You can speak more on, on what happened here. He's not even here. <laughs> He's not even here. God, I meant GMSG. That's how bad that was. I meant GMSG. <laughs> I, it is staying in. Um, the funny thing is, like, both times they've had Punk, I think, on Rampage, like, with a match. He, or whatever his debut and then the match. He started off, and they had, like, one point, like, million, 1.3. And it dropped so bad the second half that the ratings keep going lower and lower. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, they, like, with WWE, yes, they did technically have two weird match, like, starts the last two Raws. But then the main event changed to where it was kind of bookending it. So people wanted to stay and watch. And they've been filling the inside of that way better than they have in the past few months. So the ratings are doing really well now. You can't always put your biggest match on the beginning if you have a dud that no one wants to see or it's a rematch at the end. Now, this happened with Rampage. Well, but, but Rampage opened with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Not exactly a name, but it was all to see Punk wrestle free on TV. Cool, they gave it away. Awesome. It was going to happen eventually. Like, there's no way you can only have Punk wrestle on pay-per-view four times a year. It was going to happen. So that got the draw. That got the ratings. That got it in. That was also part of their taping from Grand Slam, the big... I I keep saying stadium, but the arena show. Also on that card was Archer and Suzuki versus Moxley and Eddie Kingston, as well as... uh, uh, six man tag. The six-man tag, yeah. Adam Cole and the Bucks, thank you, versus Christian, still Impact World Champion, by the way, and Jurassic Express. And people didn't stay for that. The, the viewership dropped with those names on that part of the card. And it, it, they didn't keep for that. Moxley! John Moxley! They didn't stay for that. And it was advertised as a lights-out match, even. And, and it's just... It's a weird situation um, where they're just they're not hanging around for it. They're burning through stuff that isn't getting those views. Um, CT even mentioned it since he's not here. The overexposure of like their new debuts, mm-hmm. like even if they're not in a match, we're seeing Brian Cole Punk in Soho nonstop every single show. Like you're overdoing it. Like Suzuki is a big draw. Don't have him keep facing Moxley. There's so many other people you can have him face. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking like have him be Brock Lesnar and show up every two months. We're not. We're not meaning that about keep him off. But just don't have him wrestle every other time. That's WWE's fun way to do it. NXT thrived with that. There's a way to do it and make it feel special whenever they wrestle. Stone Cold might have been on Raw every week, but he only wrestled maybe every other or every third. But you always he was always there. But you didn't get you didn't get sick of it. Their advertising, their words. CM Punk will speak before his first TV match in seven years. That was how they made it a draw. <laughs> That's how they advertised it. It's, uh, I, I, I don't understand what they're doing sometimes. At the same time, a lot of free, a lot of free matches, a lot of free stuff. They're giving it away. And the, the funny thing is, I know with Rampage, people were talking about how, I saw a, t- a comment on Twitter. We laughed at this one, GMSG. Got it right this time. Uh, that SmackDown was so bad people didn't want to stay watching wrestling for two more hours. It's like, look, <laughs> if, if, you're, if your product does not draw people independent of other shows or because of a bad lead-in, quote-unquote, your words, uh, then it wasn't a good enough product. And to flip that around, that same comment kind of said it would do better live at eight, uh, opposite that product. 
no, because you didn't want to watch it in the first place. There, there's nothing making you watch SmackDown at 8 to then watch Dynamite at 10, or Rampage at 10. There, there's nothing forcing that. You can just watch one or the other, or both. Like, I, I don't understand that logic. I mean, I do. If, you're t if you don't want to watch anything else, you don't watch it. But WWE, li literally AEW's rating was WWE's fault? Come on. I think when it comes to Danielson and Omega, Scott, you, a few podcasts ago, you said a great line. AEW gives you everything that you want, even when they should. I believe that's the line. That's I, I, I remember that line. Is, I'm happy with that I think, line. Yeah. I think that's the exact line. Yeah, it's a, it's a great line. And they should not have gave you this for free. Or at least they should have had a main event if they were going to make it free. Because think about it. If you put this on a pay-per-view, all out, you said to what, around 200,000 buys. If you put that on a pay-per-view, that would have got you. Could you have said it would have doubled the number? Would you got 400,000 maybe buys in this? They put that on a pay-per-view? Maybe, yeah. You said one. Because said 1.6 yeah. million watched it. So maybe you could get a quarter of that. So around, yeah, about 375 to 400,000 buys, I bet. I mean, it would have been a smart business decision. And, right. But I could see why they wouldn't, because if they did that and they did a time limit draw on a pay-per-view, oh my god, I think everybody would have freaked out. Well, most people would have. I would have, I would have been a little upset, because I would have probably ended the show, or they could have opened it. But either way, I just think I think them doing that, at least have a main event. Don't don't have it open the show, because you're going to burn the crowd out. Even though they said the crowd was still hot for, like, after that. Mm -hmm. And they like, were. Man, that's going to just take the wind out. Yeah, but Normally, that would just take the wind out of your sails. You know what I mean? After seeing a match like that. I, yeah. But, like you said, the AEW gives you everything you want, even though they shouldn't. And I think this is one of those things that they shouldn't have gave you for free, or at least right away. And they did. Red, they, blew their wad, they blew their wad. They blew their <laughs> wad too early. They did. Too early. I, I think I said that during the show. It was like, man, they're blowing their load early. I, I can't. I don't. I don't. I do get it, but I don't get yeah. it. It's like, don't. How, Red? Uh, you you know that we've talked about booking and and strategizing and match placement and stuff. This just seemed like a weird idea, in its own way. I get it. Start them hot. Let's go. But nothing's going to top that when you're positioning this as the two best ever. Like stuff, even storyline wise, can't live up to that. Well, this is something I was going to ask you because I know you're kind of in the film movie kind of industry. Typically, during the first start of these shows, you don't get a commercial until the 25, 30 minute mark. Like you have this opening segment, and I'm curious as if that's why they open the show so there's no commercials interrupting the Iron Man match. Um, even Bobby and Big E, they didn't have the first match till 27 minutes or uh, commercial till 27 minutes of the Raw starting. That's possible. Um, that can often go between the network and uh, the show itself. Like scripted shows, like an hour long show is actually about 45 minutes. Uh, a half-hour sitcom when you watch on Netflix is only about 22. So there, there's all this commercial time in there, and there's has to be certain numbers, and it's part of how you write them and script them. I know the wrestling is a lot very similar because they live and breathe on that advertising, even the picture-in-picture. Picture. So there's big elements there. Sometimes they go commercial-free. Sometimes they say, we don't want a commercial during this time. They can negotiate that stuff. So they might have said, we don't want any during this, but we do during that. Uh, it's... It's possible, though. It definitely is a possibility, but I don't think that would have been beholden to them to do it then to avoid that because they're working so closely with Turner, they could have easily worked something out, I feel, 
to to position the commercials opposite. But uh, also, with that being said, I do agree with GMSG as Raw had these massive matches start the show and then tomfoolery or whatever, and then the main event made everybody want to stay to the final to actually see it happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas it had uh, Daniel Bryan and Omega went to Tom Limit Draw, and they're like, nah, that's bullshit. We're going to have another match tonight in the show. Whatever. To end the show, you would have kept those people waiting until the end of the show. But to have the time limit draw and then that's it, that's, yeah, I, I understand why the views dropped off. I mean, they've been doing that almost every show where, like, you start off hot and then the rest of your car is just mediocre. I mean, look at the first Rampage. You had everybody come to look at CM Punk and then everyone fell off. You had everybody come watch Kenny Omega and Christian for the title, then it fell off. Like, mm -hmm. It's it's good to get the pop to start off, especially when it's coming after SmackDown. Everybody's in that wrestling mood. You just want to continue it going, going. But I don't think it's more people are tired of SmackDown of how bad it is. I think just two hours of SmackDown that's really good. You go to Rampage and you get this, and then it's like it can't compare to the rest of the night. And it's like Friday night, I'm going out. And Friday um, Friday is a death slot for wrestling historically, but it's also SmackDown's lived on it for a long time, but. I also want to add that uh, SmackDown's been smart for like the last few months. Roman starts off with a promo, and then he either has a match or he has a statement at the end of the show for the most part. Mm -hmm. like that, That's how they do it. They bookend it with him because they know that's the main attraction right now. And also, I think like for the, like, you know how like they're so huge in the demographic and that, well, if you're near a teenage year right now, Friday nights right now in the U.S., it's Friday night football for high schoolers. So that's probably not helpful for either company. American football really messes with ratings. It does. I've always been confused about that by the Canadian side because CFL doesn't do anything comparatively, but NFL still interrupts our broadcasts. Pisses me off sometimes. Anyway, um, it's, it's a weird thing, and I know it really makes it sound like we're anti-AEW. We're not. Like, don't get me wrong. Brian Omega for free? Cool. You probably shouldn't have given it away for free, but thanks for the free match. That's neat. I would have paid for it, but I don't have to. That's on you. Like, that's that's what we're getting at here. Um, just be happy to accept and have it. I've, we've seen this kind of stuff happen before where they give it away for free too much, and then no one buys their pay-per-views, and then they fail, and it all starts to spiral. That is part of WCW's thing. Their Nitro would always be advertised from the pay-per-view. Tune in tomorrow night to see what happens next. Now people are saying, that happened on Raw. Bobby Lashley and Big E was advertised during Extreme Rules. Yeah, they're on the network. Who cares? It's different now. It's different for them to do it. <laughs> That's a different business model. So, And the thing about the ratings, this was something that I know GMSG and I were laughing about, but if AEW is doing all this stuff, they're getting Punk, they're getting Brian, they're having Omega wrestle on free TV, which, remember, he wasn't all that much earlier in his reign. He had the odd match with, like, Phoenix or Penta, but it wasn't as common. He's doing all this stuff. All these things are happening. And they're they're pulling out all the stops. And they're coming even with Raw or SmackDown. If you look at the numbers a certain way. I'm not even going to get into all that with the asterisks. I've talked about that before. But if they were doing all this. And they're coming close. That is commendable. 100% not taking it away from them. Like no one else has been able to do that since WCW. Period. Dot. However... Now, WWE is reacting. And if it's the football or whatever, it's still happening. And if they did all this stuff 
just to come neck and neck with WWE who wasn't even trying, which is usually what everybody says and claims, then what do you think is going to happen when they do? Like, they're not in trouble, for one. They're not worried. I know Matt Zion, great friend of the show, friend of mine, said WWE is worried. Maybe about some perception, but they're not worried about business. <laughs> they're not worried about that. Um, Eric Bischoff, the quote, my favorite quote. I've seen Vince McMahon in competition and against him and beside him. There's never a happier Vince than when he's in a fight. So if people say WWE's in trouble, cool. It's going to get real interesting now because that's what WWE thrives. Like you, you do realize what's happening if that's the case, that your whole argument they're in trouble. Here we go. They're not, but it's still going to be fun because wrestling's gotten really crazy and fun lately. Uh... This is when I would go to CT and say, hey, what's going on in New Japan? Because the G1's happening. He gave me a statement. I'm going to read it real quick here. Uh, let me see what he's got here. For everyone saying the G1 was going to suck this year, it has been incredible. Shingo versus Ishii is immediate match of the year contender. And the shows overall have been killer outside of Naito being injured. This is why I wanted to get his statement, by the way. This is a massive blow as I feel confident he was going to win the entire thing, but it does make it a bit more interesting as it really does feel like someone like Zack Sabre Jr. or Jeff Cobb could make it to the finals and actually win. Take note, WWAW. Here, here comes the hatred that Scott's note added in. Uh, that this is how you build new main eventers. These guys are killing it and look like major threats who can carry the company once Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, etc. are gone. Uh, none of us are actually watching New Japan except for when it's on in America. Like resurgence, so I have no comments on that. I know a bunch of people in our Discord do watch it. They do watch it live in our Discord. You can go follow along in our uh, uh, FPL Discord. I almost said top of the card Discord. That's different. It's, we don't have one of those. It's all FPL. You can follow along in there and see the live event stuff and, and chat along. It is a lot of fun in there, but the new stars thing does have me laughing because the comments about NXT following up and i know nxt is just finished as i look at the clock we are recording this tuesday night uh they are really going heavy with the new stars they're pushing the new stars they're still not calling a steiner kid a steiner but you do what you do uh but then uh, suddenly after it's all colorful there's rumors about it's going to get more edgy it's like like it's it's ridiculous right like are we are we really going to do this and go back and forth on this with what's happening and then kenny omega's statement about 90 percent of wwe wants to leave and all these ridiculous statements like, no. Like, you want to talk false statements? Grand Slam didn't have 20k, it was 19, but they inflated the number. <gasps> Only WWE does that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's more like they want it to be not too colorful. They probably, Kenny says 90% want to leave. No, 90% want to probably try it out like Brian, but they don't want to leave necessarily. But they'd be happy to go. Very different situation. And 19k is still good. I don't know. Anybody want to comment on any of this stuff and the ridiculousness of what's what's that's happening here? Well, funny thing is, uh, NXT is still going on. The women's title match is still going. Um, but uh, 90%? Yeah, no. 50% at most, I could see, for the roster. Like, come on. There's like 30 to 40 people in the Performance Center alone that haven't even been on NXT. Well, the fact that they um, busted out how many for the NXT 2.0's debut episode... And both Breaker and um, uh, Wagner. Wagner, both them, both of them were awesome. Yeah, no, they're fine. They their future's ready. It's it's whatever. 
Oh, yeah. Just need a revamp. Just like, you know, the draft that's coming up this weekend mm-hmm. is another revamp of Raw and SmackDown. Because, you know, NXT isn't the only one of WWE's brands that get revamped every year. NXT, Raw SmackDown definitely gets some form of revamp. Whether it's arena, whether it's the theme song and entrance and production stuff, or in general, just roster changes. They do it all the time. They switch up commentators, too. Like, oh, oh the match is over now, by the way. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, was it the women's title? Yes. Do we have a new champ? No, not yet. Damn it, I want a Taya to win that. Oh, well. Oh, sorry, Frankie Monet. Who's Taya? <laughs> Taya Valkyrie. But such a better name, but she likes Frankie, so whatever. Oh. Oh, I guess uh, Toxic's coming out. Oh, doings are afoot. Maybe, maybe Red gets his wish about Mandy after all. He was talking about that before the recording, so. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll wow. see what happens there. Now, that's current live stuff. We'll just finish this off with some Extreme Rules discussion because going into this card, it was very, very weird. And I say that because they somewhere along the line decided that it wasn't going to be a match where WWE goes extreme with Extreme Rules type matches across the board. But there's going to be one main eventing it and then the rest are just matches. Um, bit of a bummer because it was always fun to see all the other crazy stuff. But uh, overall... It was an awesome show, right? Like, top to bottom, even Liv Morgan versus Carmella, which you think, why is that even on pay-per-view? That's a great little match on the kickoff. The whole damn thing was really, really fun. That match was really, really fun. Liv Morgan is really good, and I do hope eventually that she becomes or becomes women's world champion on whichever brand. The And I will give it right now. You can mark it down. You can mark this down. Charlotte Flair... Had a good match at Extreme Rules with Alexa Bliss. Had a really good match. She even sold the uh, sunset flip thing that Alexa does really well. That match is really good. Oh, Usos and Street Profits ruled. The six-man tag ruled. It was all really good. The main event ruled. The only thing I didn't like, I didn't like the... the, I'm like a lot of the internet community. I did not like the rope snapping with Finn Balor. The demon, Finn Balor there on the ropes they did not like that but overall for a b show oh i can't can't forget sasha banks is back everybody the boss is back that's that's gonna be great between her and belair and becky that that will be really really good but um yeah overall it was for a b show they really they stepped it up and it was a really damn good show i really thoroughly enjoyed it i don't know how you said all that and still forget about damian priest's match I know. Well, yeah, because of Sexy Seamus, you know? I mean, <laughs> you can forget about that guy, you know? That's uh, what the Jeff Hardy thing. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, I couldn't handle all the sexiness. Uh, yeah, David Priest winning. That match was really good, too. It had a lot of false finishes, and it kept me invested. And David Priest just rules. He Hopefully he'll be future world champ someday. By all accounts, his match with Seamus the next night, which was, like, this ridiculously brutal um, increase his stock even more. So I think it's pretty solid to say that he's 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 got it made, un, quote, until things go wrong, which happens to a lot of guys, but we'll see what happens from there, blah, blah, blah. Oh. One more thing. Can we give a little credit to Seamus, man? He's been like a bell cow here for like months on end, just putting on banger matches with everybody. And he hasn't had a bad match. And like, I can't even remember how long. He's just been doing it really, really well lately. So remember how... him. Remember how badass it was with him and Drew, and then Ricochet? Yeah. No, not Ricochet. He kicked a riddle in the face, upside down, and it just kept mm-hmm. going. It, it was all great. 
I mean, the show was good, but it felt like a glorified normal Raw or SmackDown, in my opinion. It it, it was a pay-per-view that you could have seen any of these matches on Daily Week if we hadn't seen them already. Um, I still like the Liv Morgan-Carmelo match most of the night. That's probably my match of the night. It was one that gave Liv Morgan a chance to show how good of a wrestler she is on her own. Um, the only reason Charlotte Flair had a good match is because Alexa Bliss was in it, let's be honest. She carried that match. Um, and the Demon Finn Balor looked like a piece of dumbass piece of shit. Like, I did not like that ending at all. Not counting the rope breaking, the flopping like a fish getting super powered up by his theme song, which I don't understand why they continued to play the full theme song. But having him be super powered, be no-sold, all the abuse he just took, and then still lose, either Roman's that good or... Demon's just that bad. Like I, I don't understand what they're doing to Demon Balor. I don't want to see Demon Balor in WWE for quite some time now. I think the idea is that Roman's that good. But it's weird that Raw even has uh, them kind of moving on. or It looks like they're moving on with, with uh, Lesnar at Crown Jewel. But when you really look at it logistically, Balor's got a case even legally that the rope broke and it shouldn't have, so he needs to get a rematch. Like That was, that was a fluke. Even if it wasn't someone who did it on purpose, he deserves a fair rematch with proper working equipment. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's a weird situation. Um, but Jim is G. I mean, Romus is that good, right? Yes. Also, <laughs> the thing is, the way he like came back, Balor, was they start off with his heartbeat, which is how his theme actually originally starts anyway, as the demon. It starts off with the heartbeat and then builds into it. Yeah, I... I didn't like it at first because he wasn't even timing it right. But when it did the like the intake of breath and he stood up with it, that was badass. And I think CT mentioned, could you imagine in the Thunderdome where it was just normal Finn Balor, this happened, and then he suddenly demon, like because they could cut that, they can do that. They did that with Alexa, black and forth, back and forth. Uh, that would have been a cool, cool moment. But I mean, yeah. and part of it is we're gonna have to wait and figure out until SmackDown how they're gonna play it off because. One, Paul did look like he did something, but we couldn't see it because all the smoke, which was genius. Mm -hmm. And also, Roman, after the match, looked up like, God? Was I chosen? Like, yeah. That was hilarious. He's is, like, I don't is, know. Is he delusional now? Or like, what? where does, where does this go? Like, is he believing his own hype? Because he always is, but oh no. So, And whether or not, like, Balor still looks strong because he got attacked by the Usos and Roman and then a resurgent messed him up and caught him off guard. And then Banks and Belair and, like, Becky, we kept going, like, all right, how is Belair going to lose this and still look really strong? Well, she didn't lose, technically. They both got attacked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's officially I mean, no contest, that one, yeah. All I know is Saudi's going to – Saudi right now is looking to be a hell of a show. Because we have at least six or seven major matches that are all going to look good. In Potentially, yeah, yeah. I still Wait. think the the part that had me cheering the most. I know it's a silly thing, and I know it's a controversial thing online. But when Roman put the mask on to fight in the crowd, <laughs> I lost my mind. I was like, "That's so great!" And Mc McAfee even said, "Like, oh, he doesn't want to breathe what they're breathing." Even though, yes, the mask doesn't work that way. It's actually protecting you from breathing on others. But that's this Roman. He's is that good. He's the head of the table. He's not going to endanger you. He's gonna, you know, honor. There's ways to spin it. It's fun. But it was just this awesome moment where he just reached his hand out and Paul put the mask in his hand and he put it on to go, you know, brawl in the crowd. Like, I'm going to be responsible as I beat this man up in face paint 
on a glass table. This is this is wrestling. This is where we're at. So I, I, I just thought it was fun. It was a ridiculous, silly moment that worked out really great, I think. Um, and that's that's kind of where where I've got here uh, an ending and it is just as we hit the hour mark um, I'm scrolling through our chat because we talk about this a lot to see what's what and I did jump around a little bit I did kind of skip past uh, Tony Khan's rap that's not worth even mentioning he doubled down on the stuff that uh, Max Caster said because they made a joke about it so screw him and screw everybody involved with it yep Hey, at least they know that they shouldn't have aired it on TV, and they didn't. Yeah, put it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but they still made light of it and made a joke out of it and made a segment out of it and a promo with a celebrity. Yep. Yep. So, that's that. I'll end on a fun note. I actually watched the uh, Free the Narrative EC3's video. If you like cinematic matches like... Moose versus EC3 from uh, Bound for Glory last year. It's an hour and a half event of that kind of stuff. He's got a sequel coming up with Braun this weekend. It's awesome. I'm checking it out. I recommend it. It's a lot of fun. He's putting free matches up on the YouTube. I just want to end on a positive note, so I'm, I'm promoting that. That's just a cool thing. Uh, anything else that we need to cover? We, we've talked about Dreamer and Flair. Was nothing Nothing's news happened in the past hour since we're recording it. We're all, I think we're all caught up, right? Nothing big other than NXT 2.0 continues to show out some great content that's actually keeping me watching it each week now. So the change was good. I'm enjoying it. I like the new fresh faces. Like, I have no idea who any of these people are, and they're making a statement right away. So it's like, all right. Like, Von Wagner, I'm all for it. He looks like a badass. And for some reason, I get, like, Sid Vicious vibe from him. Like, he's the big, tall, muscular guy that's just going to wreck everybody and not care. He looks like a caveman. It's amazing. Uh, B-Fab versus uh, Lopez tonight was really good. Even though both ladies are really green, they're no DQ matches. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. So fresh faces, not the same old, same old, and it's new. Yeah, it's almost like everything that people wanted is happening. Cool. That works out it's, well. It's giving out good vibes. It really is. It's mm. really, it's, there's nothing bad about it. Held Roddick Strong's Cruiserweight Champion of Diamond Mind. I love it. Let's yeah, go. that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. well, we we know we will end with something a little different because I know we we had there was an idea that Red threw out uh, a while back about doing some kind of draft situation, but we wouldn't have time. You saw how much news has happened. We talked for an hour about it, but the WWE draft is this weekend. We talked about it a little bit. Um, it starts on Friday, ends on Monday. Tells you which one's the A show now, but uh, I, I'll go around and I just want to know who would be your number one draft pick. GMSG, who's your number one draft pick for WWE from their roster? And oh, why yeah, is it I mean, not Roman Reigns? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, if not, you got to get Paul Heyman so he could get the entire bloodline with you by doing something sneaky. Hmm. Ah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, you know what? We'll do, we'll do three. Just, it's, it's, it's a thing. Because their Twitter posted what that. Each brand. Who would be your top three? Roman <laughs> and the Usos? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if we were doing one from each brand, though, like... Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's a good... Roman, for sure. Oh, NXT's hard because there's so many groups and you don't want to split up anyone. Uh, Braun Breaker. Why not just put him somewhere else, like put him on SmackDown? Yeah. Um, From Raw, though, guess I'd have to go Riddle because he can fit anywhere. Hey. All right, SmackDown, 
it's got to be Roman Reigns. It's, it just, yeah, he's <laughs> he kind of is WWE right now. Raw, well, GMST took Riddle, and well, he also took Roman, but I don't want to take all of his picks. So for Raw, man. Give me, you know, just, just give me, give me Bobby Lashley. I'll take Bobby Lashley from Raw because the Hurt Business will go along with him. I'll I'll take Bobby Lashley from Raw. Uh, I can't even talk now. Bobby Lashley from Raw. From NXT 2.0. Oh man. <laughs> Since Jim and she took Brown Breaker, give me LA Knight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him. It would either be him or Santos Escobar. You know, I, I would take. I would take LA Knight. I should have said Sifa fought too. I don't know why. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you want him? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's Roman easily. For Raw, it's Biggie's tempting, but so is Lashley. Not gonna lie, because Lashley is awesome. Drew is close as well, but. This might seem like a dark horse. I think Seamus. Because he's been so goddamn good. So that'd be my raw pick. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta go back. I'm not taking Bobby Lashley. I'm taking want, Damian Priest. Yeah, you want Priest. I figure, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back. Yeah, going back. I, why do I keep forgetting about him? I love that guy. He's yep. so good. Sorry, Bob. Yep, sorry, uh, Bob. And you, you know what? LA Knight is very close, but I, I like Dexter Loomis. He's so great. That's my NXT pick. I, I don't oh, care. I love Loomis is so good. And Red, like I said, this was your idea originally, and I did spring it on you, so sorry about that. But uh, who would your picks be to close this out here? I'm going to uh, pull something out. My SmackDown is not going to be Roman. It's going to be Brock Lesnar. I'm going to get the views in. That's a good That's a good pick. I'm not going to lie. That's still good. <laughs> um, For for Raw, I, I'm again, I'm going to cheat because they do allow this. I'm going to pick the New Day. I'm going to mm-hmm. take all three. Because they allow you to pick tag teams. That's true. So I'll get Big E, Kofi, and uh, Xavier all in that. But then for uh, NXT, I want uh, Dexter Loomis. I've always been a fan of him since yeah. the get-go. He's got a character that nobody really understands, nor do they want to find out. Like it, The mysteriousness of it is great. Which makes the honeymoon skit so great. That they oh, dude, there. it was amazing tonight. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. You're going to take Von Wagner, though? I thought you just said you liked him a lot. I do like Von Wagner, but I don't think he's a number one pick right now. I like, oh, got you, got you. Maybe still new. No, Maybe a little lower. Up there? Yes. But, I uh, could have taken Swerve and had all the hit row. <laughs> Why you could have taken hit row. I could have taken hit row, yeah. <laughs> I would have chosen the way if I thought of groups. Yeah. That would yeah. That's what happens when I spring the idea on, on the guys and it's not thought out in advance. So Red, Red with the New Day pick, very, very smart there. Good, good, good. I mean, I'm pretty sure CT would choose, like, Shinsuke or Finn Power from SmackDown and, you know, AJ Styles from Raw because, you know, New Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a mark. Yeah. No idea from NXT because I really don't know if there's any. Pete Dunn. He would pick Pete Dunn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Good point. Wait, 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 wait. Does NXT count NXT UK? Because I'm totally picking Walter. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's actually a good pick. Totally, totally forgot about that. Uh, pretty yeah. strong style would have been great. Yeah, Imperium. just Imperium. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Imperium, just get all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that uh, could have been better thought out, but I think it was actually more fun the way we did it. That's pretty good. Uh, we will leave it there. Thank you, everybody. This has been top of the card.
I don't know why I said it in that way, but that's how I did. Top of the card pod on Twitter, on not Facebook, not YouTube, but is YouTube eventually, but is also on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll leave it at that. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good night.